Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Day number two on Listen Up. Grant Napier with you. Really appreciate everyone that chimed in yesterday and the participation. We're going to grow this and make it uh, what I want it to be. I want to take over radio again in the market. That's what I want to do. All right. And last, well, we had a great hour. I, I was just fascinated with the number of people that joined me here on Listen App. We had some really good feedback. And there's so much to talk about with the NFL starting tomorrow with Dallas at Tampa and the rest of the games on Sunday. You've got the baseball pennant races. Before you know it, NBA training camps. And we're going to roll right into the fall. And I'm going to be with you here on Listen App every day. And, you know, my goal is, as I said yesterday, if you were not able to join me yesterday or you were in and out, um, my goal is to do this for a couple of hours every day. Uh, for right now, I'm starting at an hour. You know, maybe we'll go longer. Uh, if the interest is there, which already I can see that it is, then let's do this, right? Let, let, let's get it going. And the other nice thing is I'm recording these shows and I'm making them available on uh, podcast platforms and uh, on my social media accounts. So if for whatever reason you have to run to school or you got to pick up somebody, your son or daughter or whatever, or you have to go to work, hey, guess what? You can listen to it when you get an opportunity. All right, it will be available to you if you are not able to listen live. Now, the one thing I love about being on live is all you got to do is hit that icon of the hand and that puts you right on with me. And then we can banter back and forth and have a lot of fun doing it uh, that way. So, you know, again, I, I'm blown away at the number of people that showed interest yesterday. We're going to just roll this right on through this week and next week and uh, get through the first month of football season. And we're going to have an absolute blast. So, uh, again, get on with me. Hit that hand icon. We'll put you right on. And we will talk about what's going on in the world of sports. And, again, I said this a day ago. If you want to talk to me about what happened to me or if you want to get some clarity on anything that you're not sure about, hey, fire away. I, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> you know me. I'm not ducking any questions. I'm happy to answer whatever question you may have. Yeah, we're going to talk predominantly sports. Yes, we're going to talk predominantly uh, football right now because that is what is going on unless you're one of the, the tennis fans that are into the U.S. Open. We've got the pennant races, but for right now, you've got the NFL, which begins tomorrow, and you have Dallas uh, at Tampa. You know, I talked about the games that, well, we can run down the whole schedule, all right? I mean, because Pittsburgh and Buffalo, I want to see if Buffalo can get a pass rush, you know, against an offensive line that is revamped in Pittsburgh. You've got 
Zach Wilson of the Jets going into Sam Darnold in Carolina, right? You've got the Chargers, who I thought showed a lot of promise. Now with a Washington and Ryan Fitzpatrick, even though not a lot of people are talking about that game, I think we're going to find out a little bit more about the Chargers early on in this season. All right? Because I don't think Washington is that good. I think their defense is very good. I still think they could win that division in the NFC East. I look at the Chargers, though, as a team that could get into a wild card. Uh, San Francisco goes to Detroit. We know about the Raiders opening up on Monday night against Baltimore. Then you have Seattle and Indiana or Indianapolis. You know, Seahawks are very good playing on that time zone. You've got the battle of the Alabama quarterbacks with Mac Jones with his NFL debut at home against Tua and the Dolphins. Maybe the best game on the card this week is Cleveland and Kansas City. And I had a long talk about this game yesterday with Sean Salisbury, and he agrees. And, and here's what I'm looking for in that game. Cleveland grew up a lot last year. All right. They made a real big step. And I thought particularly in the second half of the season, you had a quarterback, Baker Mayfield, that was on his game. We know you can run the football with that Chubb and Kamara. You know, they pick up another pass rusher, you know, and Clowney to go with Garrett. You look at that team and you look at that division. And I think that the Browns, again, you can't forecast injuries. I think they're the best team in that division. Now, here's something else that's going to happen after week one in the NFL. And that's massive overreaction. All right. There's always a lot of overreaction in week one of the NFL. Here's the bottom line. If there are no ties, there are going to be 16 teams that are 0-1. All right. It's not the end of the freaking world. And if Cleveland does not win this game, I want to see if they can be in the game, if they're making it a game with halfway through the fourth quarter. Are they in the game? Do they have a chance to win the game? Are they within a score halfway through the fourth quarter? That's what I'm looking at with the Cleveland Browns. So I think that is going to be a very interesting game to watch. I think that's the best game on the card. I think it's actually better than the game tomorrow night in Tampa with the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. And you see what the ticket prices are going for in that game? I mean, on the secondary market, I mean, absolutely crazy. You know why? I'll tell you why. First of all, you have a good matchup, and fans, they're dying to go to games. They want to go. Look at what happened in college football over the weekend. Fans are tired of not going to games. They're like, yes, let's get in on the action. And then I mentioned that Baltimore Las Vegas game. You know, the Raiders now, they'll be able to have people in that stadium. You've got a quarterback that can run in Jackson. Got a lot of injuries. All right. A lot of injuries. They had to pick up Bell because they already have bad injuries. Dobbins out for the year. You look at that backfield. That's a big issue early in the season for the Baltimore Ravens. So John Gruden entering his fourth year. What do we hear about Gruden? I think he's overrated as a coach. I've said that for a long time. I don't think he's that good of a coach. At what point do you say enough is enough? Now, I know he has a 10-year deal at $100 bucks. That's not bad, is it? Getting $10 million a year for coaching in the NFL? But they got nothing to show for it now. And is this not a make-or-break year for Derek Carr? Right? I mean, it can't be really good one week, not so good the following week. Uh, and he's got to stay on the field. Right, the guy gets hurt a lot. Got to stay on the field and be more consistent. So, if you want to get on with me, hit that hand icon. We'll put you on. We'll take uh, some of your calls. We're going to have fun here on Listen App. 
It would really mean a lot to me if you could pass the word along via your social media accounts or to your friends, uh, because I really want to make this huge. I want to really have a lot of fun, uh, just like the good old days where we talked a lot of NFL, we talk NBA, uh, we talk about things that are controversial as well. I'm not going to duck the issue on things that are controversial. As a matter of fact, I just read, you know, a a story on ESPN.com uh, about the vaccination rate in the NFL, and it said. NFL's high vax rate, unique model for the nation. Now, I don't agree with that at all. I don't think it's a unique model for the nation. The reality is the National Football League has made life absolutely miserable, miserable for the players that are not vaccinated. What they can and cannot do. I mean, again, I don't really understand why a player in the NFL would not get vaccinated based on what life would be like for the unvaccinated players. So I don't think it's a unique model for the nation because in the nation, you're not threatened by not taking the vaccination, are you? Right? All right. Are they going to say, well, gee, maybe you can't go to a game. Well, maybe you don't want to go to a game, right? You can still go on an airplane, right? You can still go into the supermarket, right? I know in certain cities now you have to show your card, your vaccination card to get into a restaurant like in New York. But I don't think the NFL's high vax rate is a unique model for the nation. I think it's basically, I don't want to call it blackmailing. That's a little bit too strong of a term. But the reality is the NFL has made life miserable for those that don't want to become vaccinated. And I think the vaccination rate in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken, is now just over uh, 90%. And don't think that this is still not going to have an impact. It's going to have an impact. Look at tomorrow night with Zach Martin. But as of this week, According to the story at ESPN.com, 93, 93.5% of NFL players are at least partially vaccinated. What that means is obviously they haven't had both shots yet. All right. Now, you ask, well, gee, why is it so hard for unvaccinated players? Well, they are tested daily and they have to follow other protocols. And I mean, what they can't do is crazy. So, of course. Of course, you're going to get vaccinated for the most part if you're the NFL. I don't think that's a unique model at all. What what's, what is what is a unique model? Uh, I don't understand that. I think they go a little bit uh, overboard with that. So, again, if you want to come on with me, hit that hand icon. We'll put you right on. Really appreciate you joining us here on Listen App. We've got uh, that. We've got the uh, college football. Georgia moves up to number two after they absolutely stymied. And I mean they absolutely stymied that Clemson offense. Over the weekend, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs, not that Georgia's offense was any good. I mean, their touchdown came, obviously, on defense with the pick six. But I was a great way to kick off uh, the college football season. It really was. I, that, there were some tremendous games. I talked yesterday right here on Listen App about that UCLA-LSU uh, game. And I thought it was interesting what Sean Salisbury said. He said the one thing that really stuck out to him was the team speed now on the field for UCLA. And he said that it actually looked better than LSU. You know, when you think SEC teams right away, you're thinking team speed. He said, if I didn't know any better, I would have said UCLA looked like the SEC team. You know, a couple of headliner games this weekend uh, in college football. You've got number 10, Iowa, at number nine, Iowa State. So you got a top 10 team right there, uh, two ranked teams. You know, you had that going on with Georgia and Clemson. But now you have two teams in the top 10. Obviously, the loser of that game between Iowa and Iowa State will not be 
uh, in the top 10. You know, there aren't a lot of games, and this happens a lot once you get through Labor Day weekend. The schedule in college football isn't very good because you have a lot of bad matchups. You know, like you got Penn State playing Ball State, right? You've got Texas A&M, who's ranked fifth, you know, playing Colorado. You have a, you know, a, a top 20 team. Uh, well, actually, there is another good game, Ohio State and Oregon. I, I shouldn't bypass that. That's at the horseshoe. You've got Oregon at number 12, taking on Ohio State at number three. So that game and the Iowa-Iowa State game are the two best games on the card. But other than that, there are really a lot of bad matchups uh, this weekend in college football. And I think next week the schedule starts picking up a little bit. I've already made my plans. I'm going to an SEC game. I'm like, screw it. Got it on my bucket list. I'm going to Alabama on October 2nd for the Ole Miss game. So I'm like, you know what? I'm all in. I'm like, let's do it. You know, I, it's amazing how many things I've knocked off my bucket list the last couple of years. I had a chance to go to a Duke game. Actually, it was when Marvin Bagley was there at Cameron Indoor Stadium. And that was just as it was such a spectacular setting. It was so unbelievable. It was better than I thought it was going to be. All right. Then the following year, I went during the NBA All-Star break to Lawrence, Kansas with Scott Pollard to go to a Kansas basketball game at that beautiful facility. I say beautiful because it's just so old, but it is beautiful with the history uh, at Allen Fieldhouse. Then I had a chance when uh, I think it was three years ago to go to the Masters for a Thursday round. We were in Phoenix playing on a Wednesday night, and I was fortunate enough to have a buddy that was friends with Tiger Woods. He got me a ticket to the Thursday round. I took the red eye from Phoenix into Atlanta, then into Augusta, and spent the whole day at Augusta, and it was spectacular. I mean, it. you know what? When you watch golf on TV and you see Augusta and that golf course, yeah, it looks great on TV. But when, when you're walking around that course, wow, spectacular, incredible. Uh, so I've gotten a couple of things off my bucket list, which is good because I'm getting to be an old man here. I don't have a lot of time left. I got to knock these things out. And then I'm going to go to an Alabama game. The other thing on my bucket list, and I would love to know what's on your bucket list, hit the uh, hand icon, and you can come right on and tell me what's on your bucket list. I want to go to Baton Rouge. I want to go to LSU for a game on a Saturday night. That's my next That's my next item. So after I go to Alabama on October 2nd for the Alabama Ole Miss game, my next, my next trip, my next experience, I want to be at Baton Rouge. Saturday night, under the lights, for an LSU game. And then that's it. I'm pretty much done with one thing. And I don't know if you had a chance to listen to my podcast last week with Charles Davis of CBS. And we talked a lot about Lambeau Field. And Charles has already invited me. He said, hey, I got another buddy that wants to go to Lambeau. And he goes, we're going to get there. We're going to do it. And he's, we're gonna, we're, four of us are going to go. And we're going to have an experience at Lambeau for a Packers game. I'm like, I'm in. Let's do it. Just as long as it's not in December when it's 15 below zero. All right. Let's do it in September, Charles. All right. Maybe we can do it in October, a beautiful fall day in Green Bay, Wisconsin. But let's not do it. Let's not do it in December. Not that I'm scared of the cold weather. I've been to some very, I've been to some pretty cold weather games. Believe me. And I got I learned my lesson. I was four years old going to the Giants-Cowboys game in December at Yankee Stadium. And my dad asked me five times if I had two pairs of socks on. And I said yes. 
Well, of course I didn't. You know, I'm just a little, I'm four years old. I'm sitting in the bleachers at Yankee Stadium for the Giants and the Cowboys. And I start complaining that my feet are cold. And my dad actually took his socks off, gave them to me and told me to shut up and watch the game and watch the second half with no socks on in the frigid December weather of New York. So that was an experience that I, I still remember, believe it or not. That was fun, though. So I've got, I mean, I would love to know what your bucket list items are. You got the hand icon. You can hit it and tell me. But I've been fortunate enough to knock a couple of them off. And if I can just make it, if I can just make it to Lambeau for a Green Bay Packers game, then I'm going to be all good. I am going to be happy as all heck. All right, I got someone that wants me to go over some football picks, so let's do that. Let's have some fun here. Week one of the National Football League, all right? We'll do some more tomorrow as well, but I'll give you some early picks. Uh, let's start with Dallas at Tampa, and I see that Anita is on with me, which means she's on her way home from school. Anita, you already know who I'm picking, all right? You know I'm picking the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I'm picking the Buccaneers because, number one, you know, Anita, I hate Dallas, and number two, I think the Buccaneers are going to win, so it's a perfect combination for me. I don't like Dallas. Hate's too strong of a word. I don't hate Dallas. I actually have a lot of friends from Dallas. I have a lot of friends in Dallas, and I love going to Dallas. But the Cowboys, are they ever going to win again? No, I don't think so. And they're not going to win tomorrow. I like Tampa to win this game, and I like them to win this game fairly comfortably. All right? 820 Eastern, NBC, Tampa at home, Super Bowl champs taking on the Dallas Cowboys. All right. Here's an interesting game. Pittsburgh at Buffalo. Now, I talked about this being interesting, not because I think Pittsburgh's going to win, because I don't think they are going to win. I like Buffalo to win this matchup. But I want to see Pittsburgh's offensive line, and I want to see how Big Ben looks, right? Big Ben's been hurt a lot, and he's not he's not young anymore. He's not going to be able to move in the pocket. Not that he's ever been, you know, a great quarterback lately. In terms of being able to elude the pocket, he is a great quarterback. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. But I want to see if Buffalo can get their pass rush going against this revamped Pittsburgh offensive line. So I think that is going to be real key. But I think Buffalo is going to win. I think Buffalo, you know, if Josh Allen stays upright and they can get a little pressure on the quarterback, I think Buffalo is going to be the number one seed in the AFC. So I like Buffalo to win at home. That's an early start, 1 o'clock Eastern. Ben and the Steelers going on to take the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Philadelphia is at Atlanta. I think Philadelphia is going to be horrible this year. I think Atlanta will be okay. I think Atlanta has a chance to be a wild card team if they stay healthy. I think Atlanta will beat uh, Philadelphia uh, at home. Uh, you got the Vikes going into Cincinnati. You know, the Vikings defense was terrible. Absolutely terrible last year. Injuries had a lot to do with it. You got Cincinnati who, you know, let's face it, Burrow was looking tremendous. You know, Joe Burrow was looking tremendous until he tore up his knee. And now he is back. And I like Burrow. I think he's he looked tremendous. He looks tremendous. But I like the Vikings in this game, not by a lot. I think it's a close game. I think Minnesota goes in there and beats the Bengals uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, San Francisco is at Detroit. So we're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo. It looks like Lance still is being bothered by that chip in his finger. So it's it, not that it was not going to be Garoppolo anyway, but we'll see how Jimmy G does going on the road to take on a Lions team that 
has a completely different look with no Stafford, who is now with the Rams. And that's a Niners defense that should absolutely control that football game. I think that with Kittle, I expect to have a big game. I think San Francisco will win that game by double digits. So those are some of my early picks. All right. I'll get to some more games as we go along because I would love to know what you're thinking and who you like. Let's get to Preston. Preston, thanks very much for uh, checking us out here on Listen Up. You're on with Grant Napier. Go ahead. Hey, Grant. Good to talk to you. Can you hear me? Same to you. Yes, I can hear you good. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Yeah, I was just curious. I wanted to talk about food for a minute. So uh, if you go to like a certain stadium or like a, you know, if you go to like a Giants game or whatever, is there like something that you like have to get? Or uh, it's like, you know, you got to like, I very, I, I, I very rarely eat food at a game. I very rarely eat food at a game. And I'll tell you at football games. And I learned this from, we always used to take our own food into the game and used to eat our sandwiches there. First of all, I don't know how, let let me ask you, Preston, how the hell does anybody afford to buy anything at games anymore? Sir, I really mean that. I mean, it's freaking ridiculous when you go to a game and you have to buy concessions. Yeah. Um, well, I guess people are just rich. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, all right. So I'll, I'll turn it around on you. What's your favorite thing? Well, I don't really have a favorite thing, but um, I know people go to the uh, when they go to Oracle Park, they always talk about getting the garlic fries or uh, the crab sandwich. Last time I was at Oracle Park, they they were playing the A's yeah. and I was in I was going to get in line. But then I was like, nah, this thing's too long, man. Plus, it's 20 bucks. I probably just make this at home. But. I wanted to try it, so you know. But <laughs> yeah, good. Hey, thanks for. I appreciate you listening here on Listen Up. Thanks for the call. Uh, I really appreciate it. Here's the problem with the garlic fries because when I took my boys to Oracle and I got garlic fries, I had to drive home with the windows open because the car stunk so bad. That's the only problem with the garlic fries. You know what I'm saying? So, and I'm not kidding you. I I don't really buy a lot of food and drink when I'm at the game. I don't drink when I go to the games, like, you know, I, I, I mean, I really don't, I, if I do, I would have one beer and that's it. I go to the games for the enjoyment of the games. I don't go to the games to eat. All right. Like, that's not why I'm going to a football game. That's not why I'm going to a baseball game. I'm not going to eat a baseball game might be more conducive to eating food at the game. Cause it's so freaking boring watching baseball so you got to do something but at a football game i i might and i mean this i may buy like a pretzel or something if i get hungry but i don't buy concessions uh, i hate waiting in the lines the, the the cost is ridiculous i mean seriously and i'm i'm not how does anyone afford buying concessions at a sporting event i mean it's I mean, it's worse than going to a movie at the movie theater. Uh, I can't believe, you know, at the Kings game, of a pizza is 49 or 50 bucks. 50 bucks for a pizza? Are you freaking kidding me? Who the hell is spending $50 for a pizza? I mean, seriously, unless it's got specks of gold in it that you can take off and, you know, invest and put into your bank account. Who the hell is spending $50 on a pizza? I don't get that. I really do not understand that, but I know people do. I know people do. I know one person that probably would not spend $50 on a pizza 
at a game. I'm just guessing. Now, I may be wrong, but, I mean, I, I was at a, speaking of how much things cost, I was thinking about a, a beer at a football game, a 12-ounce beer, and what that costs, right? It's absolutely ridiculous. That's why I love what they did in Atlanta with the prices for the Falcons games. You know, the owner, Arthur Blank, said, no, we're, we're going we're gonna to make it affordable to go to our games. We're going to make it affordable to go to our games. So um, just keep that in mind. Anita, I know you wanted to come on. And for whatever reason, when I put you in the queue, your mic did not go on. So hit the hand icon again, and we'll try it one more time. Because I know Anita, she's not spending $50 on a pizza at a game. All right? Even if she's at a Cowboys game, she's not doing that. Like, not doing that at all. I don't see that. All right. Anita, am yeah. I right? You're not spending You're not spending $50 on a pizza at a game, are you? <laughs> uh, I'm not spending 50 because I would rather take that money and try to get seats closer to the field or closer to the court. Yeah. So if I'm going to spend $50, it's going to be in better seats. And uh, See, I like and, and, that. That's, that's smart. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm there to see the game. And you, by the time you go get food at halftime and get back, you miss the uh, part of the beginning of the third quarter. And, I, you know, and that can be the you know most important part of the game is how, how teams start that third quarter. So you're absolutely right um, about that. And, um, yeah, and that's even, you know, whether it's a Kings game or – I wish I could see more football, and I've never been to a Cowboys game, but I have seen them play um, when they played the Niners once, and that that was pretty cool. But the, um, but that's because well, I, I gotta say, if, if you ever if you ever have a, if you ever have an opportunity, ever have an opportunity to go see a game at Jerry's World at that stadium, <laughs> that state, no, I'm telling you, that stadium is like I can't even describe it to you over this app because you it's one of those things anita you have to see it to believe it it is the most amazing facility i've ever been in and i had a i was i was only there once and the guy that i went with owned a suite and he invited me and it was the giants cowboys and he still invited me which was like i couldn't believe it and then we had a pass to walk around everywhere that we wanted to go and so i went and looked at the entire stadium and anita it is fascinating if you ever get a chance you cannot pass it up and, and he invited you, Grant, because he is a fan of the game. It, it's why yes. when Kobe Bryant died and, and the next game, that the home next home Kings game, we played the Lakers. And it was just amazing what, what, what the Kings organization did and, and all the things yep. that I got a chance to sign the board outside. But my nephew is a Lakers fan. Now, I can't stand the Lakers, and you know that. <clears throat> sure. and, but I bought his ticket. I, I said, this is the only time I will allow you to sit next to me in Golden <laughs> One Center right. and cheer for the Lakers. This is the one I, I said. This is the one time I will allow that. But I'm a fan of the game, and I can appreciate the greatness of Kobe Bryant. Sure, and sure. I can appreciate I, yeah. the greatness of players on other teams because I'm a fan Absolutely. of sports. Me too. I uh, when I was uh, doing my radio show, the very last time that Kobe played a game at the old Arco Arena. Uh, I was live and Kobe always gets to the game early and you had to walk across the court to get to the visitor's locker room. And he walked right in front of me and I was on the air live and I go, Kobe. And he turned around and I said, hey, I'm on the air live. And I said, hey, I just want to thank you and tell you what a privilege it's been 
to watch you play all these years. And we shook hands and I got it. I have a picture of it and I've put it on social media before, but the eye contact was like, it was one of respect. Like you could see the respect on my face towards Kobe because there's no other player in my 32 years of announcing the NBA that created more pain and more anguish for the Sacramento Kings than Kobe Bryant. The number of game winning shots that he made against the Kings were, it was just daggers. And, but if you don't appreciate and respect a player that plays the way he did, then something's wrong with you. So I'm with you hundred percent there. No, absolutely. And, and the reason I came on is because you did call me out. Now I expect Tampa <laughs> to win tomorrow. I hope the Cowboys will, but like you, you will call out your own team. You'll call out the Giants. You see, that's why I can respect yes. you because you will call them out and, yes. and say they're horrible. And I have they are horrible. I have a problem with people who can't admit when you know your team is horrible, and or yep. when Jerry says something stupid, I'll call out Jerry. You know, it, it, just please don't don't open your mouth. Just don't talk. Don't say a word. <laughs> so I just wanted to say, Grant. Yes, I expected you to pick uh, Tampa Bay, and but I also know that. If you thought the Giants were terrible in some area, whether defense, offense, or yep. this or that, you'd call out your own team. So I just want to say, hey. it's all good. <laughs> it, it is all good. The Giants offensive line, I think, is one of the worst in football, and I doubt that they'll win more than six games this year. So I'm calling them out before they even play a game, Anita. <laughs> okay. Well, I appreciate right. it. You have a good one. <laughs> you too. All right. You take care. Always great. She's just a sweetheart. Um, she called the show back in March when the pandemic began. And I don't recall having a conversation with her before on the radio. If I had, I, 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 I don't recall, but she called the show one day and her call was so unbelievable that I actually wrote something on social media because her message about what everyone was going through was so spot on and hit at home for so many. Matter of fact, we had a text line and then the subsequent calls, people were going, wow, what a great call that was. And then I have had a chance to meet Anita, have gone out to lunch with her and have found out about, you know, what she does and her family. And like, that's that to me. And I, I, I keep on, talking about like meet a stranger right go and find out about someone else's life that doesn't look like you that may not be in the same generation the same religion right same ethnicity uh maybe even the same sexuality whatever and go out and sit down and learn about that person and you will find out that you have a lot more in common with that individual than you think. Maybe you have something in common, like maybe it's traveling. Uh, maybe it's the love of a certain team. Uh, maybe you are a parent of a disabled child, which I have met somebody recently. And we talked about the experience of growing up. My sister was handicapped and had a lot of issues. And this individual was telling me about their son. And we ended up talking, I didn't, didn't even know who the individual was, but we ended up talking for an hour, you know, about that. And so I talked about this with Sean Salisbury when we were on No Filter last week, because Kevin Euclid, and I've read this before, and I think I talked about this yesterday, but he put out 
a tweet that was so spot on about social media. And I, I just, he said, the mental health and well-being of our country is deteriorating and social media is the culprit. The constant hatred towards others that don't share the same opinions is tiresome and unhealthy for our society. We all need to be better so the next generation is healthier and happier. And that is spot on because I don't think what we see and read on social media is really the real world. I, I just don't because I've met so many people in South Florida that are completely different than I am in every way, shape or form, not even American. All right. Different ethnicity, different complete backgrounds. Don't even speak the same language as I do. Okay. But just by opening up a conversation, I have become such good friends with a Cuban, with someone from Brazil, from Ecuador. Right. I mean, uh, I, I can go on and on. I, I did a whole podcast. I'm meeting V, who has since turned 40. And I've gotten to be such great friends with her and her boyfriend and her family and have spent a lot of time with them. And again, that was just from hello. And a conversation started from ground zero that's developed into, I think it will be, well, I don't think I know, will be a lifelong friendship where I now have gotten to know mom very well, dad very well, brother and his wife very well, all of, and her grandmother and her grandmother's four daughters, one of whom is V's mother. I mean, it's just fascinating to be able to sit down and talk to people for the first time where they don't know anything about me and I don't know anything about them. So I love the fact that Anita you know, called the show during the pandemic and I just respect the heck out of her so much. She's, she's a great lady and she has a lot of the same values that I do and what she does in teaching the youth uh, of our country. And wow, yeah, it's great. So that that's why I have loved doing my podcast as much as I have, because I've really been able to talk, you know, about some of these things. You know, Mike Lamb, for those of you in Sacramento that have listened to me for a long, long time, Mike Lamb, who played college football at USC, actually was on the same team as Marcus Allen and Ronnie Lott. And, you know, he, he was very open about that. He grew up in Clovis, you know, called it a redneck community. And he said he didn't know anything about being around people of color, he had no idea because that that he w wasn't wasn't in that environment. And he said when he got to USC, it opened up his entire vision into what the real world was about. And he said being around Marcus Allen and being around Ronnie Lott, Ronnie Lott, and they, he was telling me that they taught him so much that he was just naive and uneducated about. But how would you not be naive? How would you not be uneducated if you're only growing up a certain way in a certain environment? You only know what you know. You don't know what you don't know, right? And he was talking about how going to USC was such a phenomenal experience, not only to play football, but to be in such a melting pot going from Clovis. And then he he's the one that said this on the podcast. And we talked a lot about this. And he said, you know, you really need to go out and break bread with somebody. And you need to, 
you know, go up and talk to a stranger and start a conversation. And he's spot on about that. He's 100% correct. And what I see on social media, my experience of just being out and about and talking to people uh, all the time. And I mean, just, I, I, I am not, I'm not seeing that. All right. Like, I don't think that social media is the real world. I, I just, I, I'm not seeing it. I'm, I don't see when I'm out the rudeness. I don't see hostility when I'm out. I don't see, I see people helping out other people. I see, you know, people wanting to have conversations with other people. I see wh whatever the case may be. That That's what I see. You know, I was in uh, Key West last weekend and it was about four in the afternoon. It was on a, I want to say it was Monday. And I'm sitting at the bar and I'm just having one beer as I'm waiting for a friend and these three guys come and sit next to me. One, the guy closest to me was black. The other two were white. I'm just painting the picture for you. So you understand. And, um, the, the, the guy next to me looks at me and goes, what's, what's good to drink here? I go, well, I only drink beer. And, um, I said, what about you? Anyway, to make a long story short, we start talking and he was down there working for JetBlue and he was, he lives in Jacksonville and he had been sent down and their, their first day of work was the next day. They had just literally gotten off the plane. They had just checked into their hotel and I ended up talking with this guy more than the other two guys for about an hour, found out that he grew up in New York. Then he has relatives in Boston that he actually spent most of his life in Florida but he's a big Red Sox fan. I said, okay, we need to stop the conversation right now. All right, you got to stop it. I do not talk to Red Sox fans. So we laughed, we joked. He's a patriot. So we ended up talking about everything. All right, then he asked me what I did and he knew about my story and he just couldn't believe it. And you know, he was very open and honest with me. He said, hey, what happened to you is wrong. He said, I'm really sorry. He goes, that's just absolutely wrong. And so, you know, again, you just sit down and you talk to a stranger Again, he didn't look like me, different ethnicity, different generation. Just and we end up having a fabulous conversation for an hour. I don't understand why that's so hard for people. I really mean that. Like there's really nothing to be afraid about. If you don't like the person, you don't have to talk to him anymore. But I I I just I love talking to people that I don't know anything about and striking up conversations. And as I said, uh since we moved to South Florida, I've got a whole new network of friends. And they're all of, I mean, it's just, it's like a melting pot down here. <laughs> it's incredible. Different generations, as I said, you know, Cuba, uh, South America, Colombia, and Brazil. I mean, it, this is a fascinating place down here. It really is. It's fascinating because it's unlike anywhere that I've ever lived before. And I know I grew up in New York and the city is obviously extremely cosmopolitan. I'm talking about New York City and the diversity in New York City is incredible. But I didn't live in New York City. I lived out on Long Island. And so when I went into New York City, it was mostly to go to a game. And it's a little bit different when you're at a game and a live sporting event in terms of meeting people. Uh, and, and, you know, people are there to watch the game. They're there to cheer and go crazy. And so it's, it's a different environment. But, hey, I, I encourage everyone to do it. I really do. Hey, if you want to get on with me like Anita and like Preston and others, all you got to do is hit that hand icon 
and uh, we'll get you right on and you can ask me a question. But I just, you know, we are going to talk mostly sports here on Listen App, but I think it's important. I think it's absolutely important to talk about life issues, to talk about uh, social issues, to talk about real life, because our country is, we got some problems. And I think that there's so much division because you're either on the left or you're on the right and you stereotype people. Why do we stereotype so many people? Like if I'm talking to you, first of all, I don't care who you voted for in the last election. I would not even ask you because I don't care. Like it doesn't matter to me. I don't care if you voted for Biden. I don't care if you voted for Trump. It makes absolutely zero difference to me. I don't care what your religion is. I don't care if you're Jewish, Catholic. I don't care if you're Muslim. It doesn't matter to me. All that matters to me is, are you a good person or are you not a good person? Okay. You know, I don't care what your sexuality is. I don't care. You know, again, when I was in Orlando about two months ago, three, well, no, it was Memorial Day weekend. So whenever that was, the last weekend in May. And we were at V's family. We were, I was staying at her house in Orlando with her parents. And we went out that night and we were sitting outside. And the only table, it was a table for about eight. There were two guys sitting there and they said, hey, you can sit here if you want. And we did. And I ended up talking with them for three hours. They were from Washington, D.C. They were two gay guys. They were married. They were down in Orlando for the weekend. Talked about what they did for a living. Talked about, like, it was unbelievable, right? And they were just fascinating to talk to. Just fascinating. Just sat there for three hours talking to these two guys. And again, it's just like, go experience things, right? Go experience things. It's really not that hard, is it? It's not that hard. All right, again, uh, just hit that icon like Brian did. Brian, you're on with Grant Napier. How are you, Brian? Hey, Grant, it's nice to talk to you again. I used to call your show uh, occasionally back in the day. So uh, fun Thank to have you, this Brian. format again. Well, it's great to be on, and I'm really happy that you took the time to chime in. What can I do for you, buddy? You know, uh, it just triggered my thought. I mean, I frankly haven't been real associated with the Kings since what happened to you. But the conversation came up yesterday, and it always is kind of – I heard rumors and stuff. From your knowledge, did does uh, Vivek does he meddle in the affairs of you know Vladi and the GM? Is that is that is that tr is there any truth to that? And then he's very he's a very hands on owner. He's very okay. hands on. And so in, in retrospect, do you think Vladi should have had one more year, or what's your opinion on on the conclusion of that? I I think he should have had one more year because he had just signed a new deal the year previously and he was the one that hired Luke Walton and Luke had only, had only been there for one year and the Kings had just played their best basketball. They had won, uh, what was it, 13 of 20 games when the New Orleans game was uh, suspended and the pandemic hit. The Kings had just played their best stretch of basketball and it moved into three games in the loss column of being in the playoffs was, and then the pandemic hit wait a minute then the pandemic hit then they restarted the season in orlando and that was a disaster and vladi got fired it didn't make sense to me right okay that makes sense going back to the year uh where jaeger had him on the right track and then they switched to luke was yeah was vivek involved in that or was that strictly vladi's decision 
Uh, I think it was an organizational decision. I will just say this about Vivek. He's involved in every single decision that's made in the organization. Everything. Okay, and 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 that's going to continue. In other words, the new GM is going to deal with the same stuff. So if that's the problem, you have an owner that is always tinkering and having his opinion, which typically does not win, as you know, in other, you know, when you look at a good sample set of other organizations where owners uh, meddle. My experience in my 30 plus years of being in professional sports, and it's not only in basketball, I've done hockey and I've done the NFL. My experience is that the owners are generally the least knowledgeable person in the room when it comes to the sport. Okay, that's been my experience, Mm -hmm. that they think that they can run a professional sports team the same way they ran their business. And the reality is that it doesn't work like that. And I would also tell you, in my experience, in decades and decades of being a professional sports, again, the, the, the owners know very little about the sport that they own, but they think that they know everything. And that can be a problem. And it's it's a problem for a lot of teams in professional sports. Very true. Hey, thanks for the the feedback. It's nice to uh, hear some insight on that and verify some of uh, the rumors out there. And and uh, anyhow, nice talking to you again, Grant. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. That's not just you know you you mentioned Vivek. I'm talking about a lot of owners that I've been around. All right. I don't think it's just one individual, but I my experience uh, is that. Some of the owners, actually a lot of the owners that I've been around, their knowledge of the sport that they are part of is embarrassing. And I really mean that. I'm not exaggerating. Like, it's embarrassing. Like, they know absolutely nothing. I mean, like, nothing. Like, they don't even know the rules of the game. Like, when I mean nothing, I'm not exaggerating. So, that is not... Believe it or not, that's not as uncommon as you may think. It's not as uncommon as you may think. It it happens more than you would believe. And I know you're thinking, gee, that's not possible. Well, I've lived it. It is possible. Trust me. It's very possible. And it happens. And the reality is that they own the team. And they do whatever they want. And it doesn't matter whether they know what they're talking about or not. They still do what they want. And I, I've always said this, you know, to me, the best teams in sports, for the most part, the owner owns, they hire a person to be the, the, the chef, get all the players, make all the moves. Then that, then that person hires the coach. And then the coach and right on down the line. That's what makes the Miami Heat such a great franchise. Pat Riley hands out a manual to everyone, and it doesn't matter whether you're a secretary or you are the assistant GM or you're the coach or whatever. Everyone follows that mantra. All right? And you have one goal and one goal only, and that is to win a championship and to win. And everybody in the organization understands that that's what you're there for, is you are to win as an organization. But you don't see meddling. You know, you don't see Mickey Arison telling Pat Riley what to do, right? Pat Riley has Eric Spolster as the coach. You know, I'm sure they talk. They have a tremendous, you know, relationship and a working relationship. And I'm sure that 
there's tons of conversation that go on all the time. But Eric Spolster is coaching the Miami Heat, not Pat Riley. You know, Mickey Arison owns the team. Mickey, Ar- Mickey Arison is not on the phone putting in his two cents about, you know, the draft pick in the second round. That's not what he's doing. So, you know, again, you look at San Antonio and Holt and that owner. You think he's telling Greg Popovich and R.C. Buford what to do? You think he's like picking up the phone and telling Pop that you got to make this trade, you got to make that trade, and, you know, I don't know why on earth you drafted this guy. You think that's going on in San Antonio? No. And there are a lot of other franchises that you can look at where the formula is one based on success. And listen, I'm not saying that the owner shouldn't be kept up to speed on everything. If I owned a team, I'd want to be kept informed of what is going on too. But I can tell you this, if I owned a team and I'm paying a general manager $2 million, $3 million, $4 million, whatever the case may be, and when it comes around to making a trade or it comes around to signing a player or a whatever, a draft, I'm not telling them what to do. I'm hiring them. I'm giving them a three-year contract. And I'm saying you got three years to fix the team. And I'm going to stay out of your way. And it's your team. I want to be kept abreast of what's going on. I don't want to be surprised. You know, I don't want to be looking at my phone and find out that we just made a deal. I would like you to tell me first. But it's your decision. You're the one that makes the decision. Three years. You got three years to show me that I hired the right individual. And it's your team. And you do what you want. And you do what's best. Yes, I want to stay informed. But you're the one that has the final say. And the organizations that do it that way are the organizations that have the most success. It's a pretty simple formula. But yet there are too many teams in pro sports that don't want to follow that formula for whatever reason. I mean, that's true in life. It's true in every business. Is it not? Think about it. You know, the successful businesses, right? You have a company, you have a CEO. And they go out and they hire managers and the managers go out and hire the other employees. Well, the managers, they're the, the they're not being told what to do every day by the CEO. They're managers for a reason. Manage, manage the people, manage your employees. I just think in pro sports and I, I've seen it in the NFL. I've seen I You know, to me, Jerry Jones is a perfect example. Jerry thinks he knows everything about everything. Well, I'm sorry. The success isn't there for Dallas. You know, as soon as Jimmy Johnson walked out the door, and yeah, I know Barry Switzer won the following year, but that's it for the Cowboys. You know, the 1990s are a long time ago, 94, 95, whenever it was. I don't know if Jerry realizes it, but it's 2021 right now. You know, I mean, I saw it with Al Davis, too, when I was doing the Raider games. I did the Raiders for five years. And Al... As he became older, made horrible decisions. And Al thought he knew everything about everything. And Al was a great football mind. And Al was a pioneer in professional football. And, you know, Al Davis is a legendary figure. But at the end, my experience of being around Al was that he had lost his fastball considerably. And that his evaluation of talent was very bad. Very bad. And that he had just kind of outgrown the sport, outgrown professional football. Not his passion, not his love, but his knowledge. That was my experience. Now, I was around him in the early 2000s. 
And when I did the Raiders for five years, and again, that was my, that's what I take away from being around Al and seeing all the decisions that the Raiders made year after year after year after year after after they lost to Tampa in the Super Bowl. I mean, think about the lean, awful, terrible years that ensued. Think about all the quarterbacks that you had coming in and out of that organization. That was 100% Al, and they were all the wrong decisions. You know, the, the vertical game and, you know, living in the past. I th- That's another thing that the Raiders did that was just ridiculous. You know, the team of the decades, and, you know, you would do a game and you'd have to talk about, you know, the, 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 the Jim Plunkett and, you know, John Madden, and that's fine and dandy, but that's a long time ago. Get on with the present. You know, it's kind of like with the Kings, to be honest with you. You know, say goodbye to that 2002 season. That's 20 years ago, all right? Like, stop talking about the great years with Chris and Vladi. They're gone. They're done, all right? Move on with the future, the present, all right? Stop living in the past, all right? Like, a lot of people that, that they weren't even alive back then, you know, and you keep on forcing that down people's throats. Yeah, 2002, you need to say goodbye to. And, they, you know, again, it was painful. You lost to the Lakers. You didn't win a championship. Maybe if you had won a championship, just maybe, maybe the narrative is a little bit different. But you didn't win. You lost. And yet they always talk about that team. Now, that team lost. They lost. Right? They lost. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, they won 60-plus games. Yeah, it was fun to watch. I was blessed to do the games every night. Some of those guys that played on that team are my best friends now. I mean, I have a lot of tremendous friendships and stories and but that's you know time to move on you know time to move on you know at some point you got to say goodbye to the past now that wasn't five years ago it wasn't 10 years ago we're talking 20 years ago let it go move on you know the raiders the team of the decades jamming it down everyone's throat year after year after year when they're winning five and six games no one cares about that you think people that are going to the games you know in 2008 care about jim plunkett and the you know, Super Bowl against Philadelphia, they don't care. They weren't even alive for crying out loud. All right? You know, you go ahead and ask the fans who was the starting offensive lineman in those games. And listen, I'm friends with a lot of those former Raiders. You know, Jim Otto, Fred Belitnikoff. And that was before that era. That was when John Madden coached. I've talked to a lot of those guys, and I'm friends of them. But, you know, that you just can't be bringing them up all the time as the team's losing year after year after year after year because your team is so bad, you have to talk about when the team was really good. But fans don't want to hear that. Fans aren't paying all their money to hear about, you know, the John Madden and Kenny Stabler. I mean, really? Again, move on. Move on. You know, the Kings have a new, new era. You know, they got to make the playoffs. They got to start moving forward. That's why I think I've talked a lot about the Ben Simmons deal. He's an all-star. He's available. Make a deal. Go get him. What what do you have to lose? Your team hasn't been in the playoffs for a whole generation. What do you have to lose? You know right away you're going to be a much better defensive team. Who is the worst defensive team in NBA history? Oh, that's right. That would be the Sacramento Kings. Now you have a chance to get one of the very best defensive players in the NBA who can also rebound who can score, by the way, but he scores from the paint. Again, we know about his deficiencies. Why not do that? 
if you're Sacramento. What are you afraid of? Go out and roll the dice. Make a move. Go get a guy that's got three years left on his deal, that's 25 years of age, that can shut down the other team's best player or neutralize them. And yet does a lot of other things very well except for shoot. Like, if you're Sacramento, are you going to start the season with the same guys plus Mitchell and think that all of a sudden you're going to be a playoff team? Like, why would you think that? Like, what would make you think that? Why would you think that last year you weren't even in the top 10 and you look at the West? Who in the West, other than maybe San Antonio, is not going to be better this year? Portland, they're going to be in the playoffs, right? Golden State's going to be in the playoffs. Denver's going to be in the playoffs. Utah's going to be in the playoffs. Phoenix is going to be in the playoffs. The Clippers are going to be in the playoffs, right? I mean, Dallas is going to be in the playoffs. Don't know about Houston. Memphis is going to be right there. New Orleans is going to be right there. I put New Orleans. I mean, would you take Memphis's roster right now or Sacramento's? You know, I'm taking Memphis. Are you taking New Orleans roster or Sacramento's? Nah, I'm probably taking New Orleans roster because of Zion. Because I think the guy's a freak. And if he stays healthy, I think he'll get you to where you want to go. But you could convince me to take Sacramento's roster. But the point is, who are you better than? Who are you flat out better in? better than in the West? Oklahoma City? I, I, I don't think so. Maybe. Maybe you are. Houston, maybe, although I'm not ready to go there yet. But let's just say you are. Who are you better than of the 10 teams that finished ahead of you last year? What have you done in the offseason where if you're a Kings fan, you're like, oh, boy, that's it. They did it. Playoffs this year. Why? Why? Because you have De'Aaron Fox? Because you have Tyrese Halliburton? I mean, yeah, Tyrese should be better in his second year. But you still have... Pretty much the same basketball team. Why do you think you're just going to become a playoff team without making a bold move? To me, you got to make these moves. And if you have a chance to get an all-star and change the makeup, the dynamic of your team, change the dynamic of your team. Make a move. Get it done. You know, give the fans a reason to at least have some hope. Do you have hope right now? I mean this. You have hope with the same roster that's coming back plus Davion Mitchell? Well, I mean, is that enough? I, I, I don't think so. And again, I know it's what, September 8th, 9th, whatever the calendar says. And the first game is still, what, seven weeks away? And there's still time to make moves and everything else? Well, if you don't make moves, I don't see how all of a sudden this Kings team is going to become a top eight team. Now, I don't see it. And top 10 doesn't do it to me. You got to be a top eight. You know, the playing tournament's fine, but, you know, if it can be one game and you're done, nah, be top eight. I'm talking about when it's after the playing tournament. Are you a top eight team? I mean, if you are, I would love to know who you're finishing ahead of. And again, you can't predict injuries. I get that. You don't know about health. I understand that. But that's the way it is. All right, tomorrow, we're going to run down the Tampa-Dallas game. I'm going to give you some more picks. I've given you the picks on the Dallas-Tampa game. I like Tampa. I gave you the pick on Philly, Atlanta, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Minnesota, Cincy, San Francisco, Detroit. Uh, Tomorrow, right here on Listen App, 6 o'clock Eastern, 
3 o'clock Pacific. We will run down the rest of the games. We'll take more of your calls. We're going to continue to have a lot of fun. Uh, for those of you that joined me yesterday and again today, I thank you very much. If you could pass the word along, get the word out that I am back. And this app is just like being on the radio. You can join me. We can have a lot of fun. And we are going to do that. We're going to really get into it. All right. So once again, a really fast hour, a good hour. I appreciate those of you that took the time to interact with me. Stay safe. Make it a great night. And I will talk to you tomorrow, 6 Eastern, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Listen Up. So long, everybody. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.